Why do we say that God the Son was eternally begotten of the Father, but the Holy Spirit eternally proceeds from the Father and the Son? Well, in the early church, primarily during the Nicene Controversy in the late 4th, early 5th century, the church developed technical theological language just so that we would know what words to use and not argue about it. Because when we're dealing with the eternal intertrinitarian relationships, there's not that much in the Bible, and the nature of the subject is one that is hard for us to use language suitable for. And so the early church, through the Cappadocian fathers, the great theologians, proposed, also Tertullian was very helpful, although we flipped what he said, but it's all good, um, came up with this language, and particularly begotten is language that reflects the filial nature of the relationship between the first and second persons of the Godhead. One is father, one is son. And so we, want, we never want to get, we, want, we don't want any idea that there was a beginning. These are eternally begotten. Why do we say he's eternally begotten? Because there was never a time when he was not. But there's a, the, the father-son, I, I don't even like to say metaphor, because I think metaphor is not quite right. The, 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 the revealed relationship, the identity of their persons as father and son, suggests that relationship, and begotten is the language that reflects that. When you get to the Holy Spirit, you don't, it's not the father-son language, and so the preceding is technical language that is intentionally vague. I mean, honestly, here's where Calvin says, where God makes an end of teaching, let's make, uh, let's make an end of learning. So we're trying to say something helpful without saying something wrong. And, and here's where the, the risk of being wrong is greater than the opportunity of being helpful. And so it, you have the economic language of sending the Spirit. And so that is going to be referred to the ontological relationship uh, to show that the Spirit proceeds. So proceed is because it's not a filial father-son relationship. Now, that makes it very interesting because this is the filioque controversy. Uh, the, uh, the original Nicene Creed did not say he proceeds from the Father and the Son, but he proceeds from the Father. And it was quickly corrected, rightly, to be he proceeds from the Father and the Son. The Eastern Church rejected and rejects militantly today, to the filioque clause. From the Son is in Latin filioque. And uh, that has had the most nefarious effects in the Eastern Church. And I, I really do believe the, the main reason for their rejection of the proceeds from the Son edition was political and prideful and historical. It was not based on theological reflection. But it has crippled the Eastern Church. Because now, the, the, I'll put it this way, the person and work of the Son is incidental to the going forth of the Spirit. And the Spirit's kind of the end game, the, the eternal life. The life of the Spirit is where salvation's leading. And if the Spirit proceeds from the Father but does not equally proceed from the Son, it has historically and theologically cut the person and work of Christ out of Eastern Orthodoxy. So your Eastern Orthodox friends, and we have a Greek cathedral here so we have neighbors who uh uh uh, own one of the restaurants and so they give us food they bring over candies it's it's great um they believe that jesus is the son of god they believe that he died for our sins but but he doesn't function in their salvation hope and he's been marginalized and so this language turns out to be important but there's not nothing more helpful i can say than what I have already said. And so it's that kind of language that is intentionally sparse. It wants to say what can be said and no more. Uh, Oh, that was the bonus, was the filioque clause. Okay.